At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. With your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Thursday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel here with Joel L. Conan. Dennis Dick is here with us for now. He'll be with us for the first part of the show, and then he may have to leave. The reason being, he heard about Beyond Meat coming to McDonald's in Canada, and he wants to get online early. So he's going to leave us. Uh, he'll, be, he'll be on the show for at least the first 15 minutes. Then we're going to be joined by our guest, and then he may dip out to go to McDonald's. He may stay. I'm not really sure. But in any case, uh, Beyond Meat, we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about this uh, big uh, banking deal that cannabis got yesterday from the house. Big news on that front. Shopify had a nice reversal yesterday. We talked about that. Match.com or not Match.com? Yeah, Match.com and Facebook both with uh, federal investigations against them. Talk about that as well. I guess as I meant, our guest as I mentioned, Tim Melvin. He is a market by Maven, the author of Banking on Profit. A community bank expert would join us at 8:15. In the meantime, Joel, tell us what is happening here overnight. I am not going to talk about anything. I'm going to bring in Dennis. Are, are you uh, through at 8 o'clock open? I'm bringing you in immediately. And I'm coming in immediately. I'm a mess. I haven't shaven. This is what it looks like when you're on the IR. I've been on the pre-market info or pre-market prep IR here for the last couple of days. Is it your back, your shoulder? It's my shoulder. So I got a pinched nerve in my shoulder, and it's a good one. And I can like – it just can't really raise your arm too much. So it's like my clicking arm, too. If it was my left, you'd be all set, but it's my right. So it actually hurts to click the mouse, too. So there's not much they can do for those. I've been heating it, icing it, going to the chiropractor, and he's trying to loosen it up. But it's a good one. So that's why I've been off the last couple of days. It just kind of hurts to sit. I walk around, I heat it, and it makes it feel better. But So I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm dying here. Just okay. uh, this shoulder injury, though. This is this little pinched nerve. They can range. Like, I've researched it, and, and this one's just a, a really good one. So it's okay. been about four days now, or three days, because I don't – have I been on the show? Did I come on Monday? You've never missed – this is the first time. You I'm losing track of days this week. Yep. So, yeah. So, yep. anyway, so that's my, that's my injury. It's been a little bad run, a little health here, a uh, little funny things with the you know, throat infection and now – a pinched nerve in my shoulder, but don't even know how I did it. I guess these things just happen. All right, let's go to the news of the day, the news of the week, and the news of the year. The PLT? Yes. Is that what you're referring to? Of course. The plant lettuce tomato McDonald's. Is that what they're going to call it? That is what they're calling it. It's a 12-week test of a new plant-based burger based on Beyond Meat patties uh, at McDonald's, specifically at McDonald's in southwestern Ontario. Dennis, we were debating earlier on the news desk. Where is Southwestern Ontario? Is that by you? That's us. Yeah. That, that's us? 
Yeah, that's us. So that'll be around the corner from me. Southwestern Ontario is the bulk of your population in Canada. I okay. think there, I think it's something like half of the population of Canada lives in Southwestern Ontario slash it's not considered Toronto. So, but well, maybe they do. Maybe they do consider that Southwestern Ontario too. I so so it's, up to it's, it's you and it's not like Thunder Bay area. Exactly. You're not getting that far north, but almost half the population is like around of, of all of Canada. You think about that. Almost half the population is like Toronto slash Southwestern Ontario. And this is the best news I've heard all week. So September 30th <laughs> is when it is when it's the, the pilot program starts. Uh, we're going to go. We're, we're going to go. And we're on a road trip. We're going to try the burger. We're going to try this. Uh, this well, this is important information because if it sucks, you know, it's a selling exactly, opportunity. That's exactly what I said. That's, that's I all said. that matters. I mean, Tim Hortons tried it and they pulled it for most of the restaurants. Exactly so if I this said. does not catch on, this is like, this, this is matter. what we, we talked about this, Joel. We talked about this when Beyond Meat was hot and we we're saying if they ever get a contract like McDonald's, the thing's going to blast off. Okay. So it does. The question is, is it too little too late though? And does it stick? I mean, you're seeing 25-point rise. Is this the selling opportunity is, is what I'm questioning. If you've been in this for a while and you're like, you know, all of a sudden it's a gift from the, from the trading gods here of 19% this morning because Southwestern Ontario is going to try the, the Beyond Meat Burger. I mean, McDonald's is huge. It catches on and goes across nation and, uh, and obviously goes into the U.S. as well. Um, then, then, you know, maybe, maybe you got a chance. But they're not trying this in the U.S. anywhere? Not yet, but the southwestern Ontario. Yes, but here's a question for you: How long do you think that they knew that 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 they knew they had this deal, right? Do, do you think they knew about this and they were waiting for the Tim Hortons no. to die down? No, I don't think so. I think they're no. probably just excited. They finally, you know, they've probably been trying to work this deal for a while. Probably. I mean, this is the this is as good as it gets. I mean, the McDonald's is as good as it gets. I couldn't get a better deal than that. So I'm not surprised at 25 points. I think they're just excited that the stock is up here because it's been going down. It's looking like it's breaking down. It's been looking, you know, like, and I've, I've said, I'm still going to say, I think it's under a hundred bucks. Uh, I said a year from now, which is like going back two months ago. So I have 10 months to get to there. I still think it's going under a hundred bucks in the next 10 months. I think this is a selling opportunity because you know what? I don't think it's going to catch on. It didn't catch on Tim Hortons. I've tried the A&W Beyond Meat Burger. Um, which they do have, I don't know if they have that in the U.S., but they have it in southwestern Ontario or here at Beyond Meat. It's more expensive, and it's not nearly as good. So I, I honestly don't think it catches on. So I think this is a good opportunity. If, if you get a headline two months from now and they pull it, this will be down 30 points. So, it, so it's a good question. You know, we should go on the road trip and try it. Maybe it's going to be awesome. Maybe we're like, yeah, this is better than McDonald's burgers, but – and then how much is it is the question, too. Is it going to be more money? Oh, I know, I know, we, we, we I know how much it is. That, Dennis. So much? It's $6.49 Canadian, which makes it $4. For a burger? It's not just any burger. What don't you understand about this? this how is, much is this going to be? The PLT <laughs> we're talking about. It's $6.49 Canadian, Canadian, which makes it four ninety U.S. Yeah, but at all that matters is Canada. I've never seen a $6.50 hamburger at McDonald's. I have. All like under 5 bucks. Now you have. No, I think I think it's doomed. In my opinion, I think it's doomed. If I was long beyond me, I, long I would be back. saying thank you very much and hitting the sell button. That's what I would be doing here this morning. We do not because... have investment advice. No, we, we do don't. I, but no, nope. but that's why I'm saying if I, you can always yeah. give a personal opinion. If I own Beyond Meat, I'd be selling it into this. That's my opinion. 
We don't ever give investment advice, so we can't tell you what to do with your shares. I'll tell you what I would be doing with my shares. I do not own Beyond Meat. I probably can't get a locate on it, so I probably can't short it either. But I think this is a gift from the trading gods, and I personally do not think it's going to catch on. Well, what about um, if you got jammed at 150 with the offering, right? And it vastly, you know what? I'm just going to be patient with this, right? I got the stock at 150. 160. Uh, 160? 160. Oh, look at that. And you take all that heat. I'm not, you know, who knows who got what shares and what they did with them. If they wrote options or whatever. But if you got jammed at 160 on this thing, and you're looking at this, and you can make $2.83 right now. And this is, to be clear, this is the secondary. This is not the initial. Right, 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 right. Um, I noted here, when we started talking about Beyond Meat, it was at 163.80. So that's my level. That's my key level from now looking forward. I'll give you all the pre-market high, the pre-market high. Just made that at 167.50. I don't know. You could figure in 50% retracements of the entire move. That's even much higher. What we went from 235. This is going to be some tough math here. Was it a 100-point break? Yeah, let's call it 185. I'll tell you right now. If it gets to 185 ever, if it ever gets to 185, then I'm laying out the shorts, man. That I'll, I'll just say I'm. I don't think you're getting today. there. You have no. so much overhead supply here um, for people who are, you know, were in the hope trade that eventually this thing was going to come back. This is the. This is awesome news. There's no doubt. And then maybe this holds it up, and maybe it runs for a couple days or something. I don't know the path. I just think when the dust settles here, that the test is going to fail, and the stock is going to lose this exactly. 28 points in one day when that test fails because it failed at Tim Hortons. So, and now you're telling me it's $6.50. You're telling me it's going to probably be $2 more than any other burger on the menu. That's scary. I mean, yeah, you know, uh, people like the idea, you know, if it tastes good of eating, you know, a plant-based burger and, you know, saving the animals. But, you know, and I kind of like that idea as well. But it's all about taste at McDonald's to a certain extent, too. And the question, too, is, is this burger actually healthy? Like, you know, and I don't know if doesn't, anybody's ever, you know, matter. researched this. It's a plant-based burger, so you, you automatically think it's healthier, but I'm sure they got a lot of chemicals and stuff. Yeah, it, it's very high in sodium, but that's not Wait, the point. Wait, Luke. That's Luke. not the point. It, it, it's, not about, it's not about being healthy. It, it's about What's Luke's? Luke. We got Luke. Luke Jacoby coming we're, we're, over here. We're, we're, Look at him flying in in the background. He's, our, he's got the inside scoop he's our McDonald's on this Beyond Meat burger. Uh, all right, Luke, have you, heard, have you heard the news this morning that McDonald's is testing a Beyond Meat patty in Canada? Well, you know, the, Do you have a reaction the, to that? The, the, the Canadian McDonald's is, you can't call it McDonald's. That's what I would say. <laughs> okay, stop. Why? You know, this is like an American icon. You know, they're trying to you know, take it. You know, other countries take our McDonald's. And... <laughs> it's like an American. You want McDonald's? You're like Trump. You want you're just McDonald's <laughs> well, is for Americans. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. Um, so, so listen, though, Luke, it starts on Monday. Okay. And it's in Windsor. Oh, all right. That's what I'm so, saying. So we're going. We're going. We're going. So, all right, all right. The road trip to Ben. So, so we'll hold our opinions. We may go over. Maybe we all go over there. I'll meet you guys for this road trip. Maybe we all go over there. We could even tape it and say, this is the big test. We'll do the YouTube video. This is the big test. And we'll all try the Beyond Meat Burger. And if it sucks, we're going to come out and short the stock. If it's awesome, I'm probably still not going to buy the stock. But Yeah. <laughs> We're going to film the show there. Joel's going to skip the Jewish holiday to come out. Yeah, uh, I was going to uh, mention that. Was, Spencer's going to make the call to Lisa, so Joel doesn't have to tell her. Yeah. No, I was, I was going to mention that. Actually, by, by complete coincidence, we may not have a show Monday because it is a Jewish holiday. Joel and I are both taking off. 
on Monday. Who's going to uh, run the show? I'll be here. T- I'll be healthy by Monday. TB, TBD on that. It's just a coincidence that this starts on Monday. So um, I'm not saying we're going to be in Temple. We, we may be at McDonald's, but uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. But Luke, Luke, we want to get your reaction because this we know you, yeah, you like yeah, McDonald's yeah. a lot. So uh, Thank you guys yeah. for thinking of me. Okay, appreciate it. All right, Joel, come back. All right, take care, guys. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so I, I feel like that's enough beyond me talk for one day. Why um, do they try it in, in why do they try in southwestern Ontario? Why did they not try it in the States? That's what just my question. Like why didn't they try that's like a good point. California? Why didn't they try it? Could they not get you, that deal? You guys are nicer and you're gonna give it more time. Is that what it is? You're gonna give it a second and third chance. You know, you know why? I know exactly the reason why. Why? Because weed is legal over there everywhere. And all the people, all the vegetarians uh, are smoking weed. I, and then they're going to go to uh, be, get a Beyond Meat. Uh, this is a good segue into the pot news well, from last is. night. So we'll take the segue, Joel. Thank you for that. I don't really know the, the, the reason for why you were saying that. But we'll take the segue here. So bring us to the news from last night right. that has every pot stock ripping this morning well we'll get to it quickly because i want to go to our guest here in a minute but but the safe banking act which has been in the works now for a while this act allows uh financial institutions to work with companies that sell marijuana right and uh right now they are allowed they're they're these companies are not allowed to be a part of the banking infrastructure in the u.s they have to deal in cash now according to the house representatives they will be allowed to uh, it's the Secure and Fair Enforcement Banking Act or Safe Banking Act. It is expected to go into law um, either at the end of this year or sometime next year. So it's not um, not actually a law yet. It hasn't been signed. But this is a big deal for the cannabis sector because it allows these companies to actually be a part of the banking system. Big deal. Does Greg cover any of these pot stocks? Can we bring him in on the live on this conversation? No. Okay. Okay, so quickly, just CGC up 3.5%, Kronos up 4% on this, ACB, Aurora Cannabis, which has been in the gutter, is up 4% on this, APHA up 4.7%. You're seeing the majority of your pot stocks uh, trade up significantly on this, four, three, four, five percent So this is the news. This is the catalyst. Question is, is this another selling opportunity? I tend to think so, just because they've been in the gutter. So here's what I want to do. Our guest is Tim Melvin. He covers- Oh, Tim Melvin. Sorry. He, he Greg's covers- later. He covers community banks, okay? Yeah, we know Tim. So he he can maybe uh, talk us about whether this is how this could play out uh, from that point of view. So I do want to take a break. We'll grab Tim Melvin. We'll talk about banks, talk about this, and we'll come back. So we'll be right back. Hey, Dennis, go 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 ice your shoulder. (laughs) I'll come back. I'll I'll be back at you guys in five. All right. (laughs) Okay. We're we're going on break. All right, welcome back, everyone. Pre-market prep, Spencer Israel, Joy O'Connor, Dennis Dick. Joined now by Tim Melvin, MarketFi maven, author of Banking on Profit. Tim, good morning. Uh, first of all. Oh, it's going fantastic down here. We, you know, Since we talked to you guys last, we moved all the way just about as far south and southwest Florida as you can get, and we are just loving life. All right. You said you're all over the Safe Banking Act here. Uh, I think I did an okay job a, a minute ago of explaining how it works, but tell us what you know about it. Well, I mean, basically, this is going to make it possible for banks to do business with cannabis-related companies and, and enterprises. And this is critically important, okay? It's 
lots of states have passed legislation allowing the medical and even recreational use of cannabis. But right now, banks can't take that money because cannabis is still technically illegal under the federal laws, although I think leading into the election, we'll see a lot more discussion about that. The passage of that is going to put a lot of cash back into some local banks. Um, there are select banks that have found ways, Severn Savings in Annapolis, a bank we've talked about a lot, one of my favorite banks, SVBI. They've been doing business very carefully and cautiously with uh, cannabis companies in Maryland for some time. But, you know, you go to some of these dispensaries in Oregon, California, or even here in Florida, you know, they've got armed guards because it's all cash. So that brings me to my next question then. Is this is this more of a, a boon for the big banks or for smaller local banks? You know what? I think this goes smaller local banks. Okay, I think these guys are really going to appreciate uh, the fact that the community banks – they have been reaching out and talking to these guys and discussing different ways to do things. They've been building relationships in the community with the growers, the dispensary owners. I know a couple of dispensary owners, and they all have kind of a tilt towards we don't really want to do business with the bigger banks. We're going to need some one-on-one because it is very high cash flow business. It's a business that, frankly, the big banks aren't going to understand, so they're not going to be in a position to make loans to them. So I think – you know, if you could find a, a, a community bank in an area uh, where cannabis is legal that has relationships with some of these dispensaries and growers and other providers to the industry, I think you're going to see that turn into a growth bank. Well, I guess how do you know that? How do you know who has a relationship? You talk to the bankers. Remember, we're not talking Jamie Dimon here. You call them up. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. It's small local bank, not Jamie Dimon. Uh, maybe a little more accessible. So it's not a law yet. Uh, it, it, it might go into effect later this year, possibly even next year. Uh, but how, how big a boon of this is this exactly? You're talking billions of dollars of, of deposits immediately. You're talking, you know, C&I loans that um, are going to be taken out. And looking further down the road, you're even talking um, commercial real estate loans for buying buildings and buying farms and grow rooms. So, Look, we all it's it's a done deal. It's just a matter of Congress and the president getting this right. Can legal cannabis is going to spread across the country if for no other reason than the states want the tax revenue. Right. Uh, and this is this is going to be hundreds of billions of dollars business. And so and I, I also think and, and I, I'm not going to name names because they're small. But buying community banks in places like California and Tennessee and Kentucky that are prime growing markets, that would be pretty smart too. A question from our chat from JV Speck. Can you use credit cards at dispensaries? No, you can't. Uh, this, there, is part, there, this is part of the There reason. is one chain of dispensaries here in Florida that has a relationship with a non-bank credit card processor, but I think they charge you 5% to use your card. Oh, oh yeah. So this is going to make all that legal now, right? Because it's still illegal federally, but this act gives banks the workaround to work with these dispensaries. So as Tim is saying, um, they all need it, right? They all need access to the U.S. Yes. banking system. Yes, and it's, you know, as I said, the legislation is a done deal in the House. Right. Okay, that's it's going to pass. Right now, you know, do the, are the are the senators going to play partisan? Or are they going to do the right thing? I, yeah, I'm still optimistic. I <laughs> think they'll do the right thing. 
Okay. Then in spite in spite of a complete lack of evidence otherwise. <laughs> right. Right. Well, uh, yeah, we're still, like I said, not not a done deal yet, but done in the house. Uh, Tim, have you have you been following what's going on here in the repo market? Yeah, that's there's not much that keeps me up at night. That does. Okay. Um, okay. You know, it's that's the first time we've put money into the banking system since 2009 and i've heard all of the explanations okay Did you buy it it was the big but it was the big no <laughs> not at all it was the big bond settlements it was the fact that you know taxes had to be paid guess what we've been settling large government bond issues and taxes have been getting paid since 2009. my son-in-law is an economist and he you know the first time they put the money in he called me in a panic about the fifth time, I think he went down and got his medical marijuana card. <laughs> Something doesn't add up, okay? And the economists are split on it. I've talked to a lot of them that say, hey, this could be a serious problem. And others are like, yeah, well, they told us it was technical. We believe them. Um, if we lose – if the Federal Reserve loses control of short-term interest rates, we have a serious systemic problem. So we're watching this very closely. And you, you, of course, are following this from the point of view of a community bank investor. How exposed are are those banks to this this issue? Not not very, because they are all incredibly well capitalized at this point in time. So it's 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 the bigger banks and more leveraged banks that might be exposed to it. Um, more, you know, more importantly, as I said, if if we lose control of short term interest rates, I mean, when we had a spike into double digits that first night on some paper rolling over, you know, if we were, to, nobody is prepared for a short term spike in interest rates, okay? Because lower for longer, lower possibly forever is baked in. You've got sub two percent on the ten year. There is nothing in this system that could handle an interest rate shock right now. So if you're not buying the explanations, it wasn't a, a tax payment, uh, what, what could it be? That's a great question, and that's, that is one that you know, we're trying to figure out. And do I, I don't have a solid answer, but I don't think the technical issues explain all of it. Okay, okay. Um, on a lighter note, Tim, you're going to, you're going to be uh, <laughs> speaking later this morning, actually in about a half hour, at the, OT, right. the OTCQX Community Bank Conference at 9 a.m., uh, can you give us a, a little snip preview snippet of what you're going to be discussing? Sure. I mean, we're just going to talk about the, the picture for community banks hasn't really changed uh, in you know years since we started doing this. Consolidation is a fact of life. Okay, we have too many banks. Uh, when the interstate banking laws passed under Reagan back in the '80s, we had 18,000 banks. We still have almost six. You compare that to Canada that has like a dozen, you know, or France that has six or seven. We don't need this many banks, and smaller banks are also incredibly inefficient. They just don't have the size and the scale to compete with the larger banks. Now, we've added in in the last couple of years. For a long time, it was just regulatory costs, really putting pressure on these banks. But now it's technology costs. You know, I was talking to a guy who uh, CEO of like a three-branch bank in upstate New York. He's averaging 10,000 cyber attacks per day. So your customers are coming to you and say, look, i got to have mobile. You know, I've got to be able to deposit from my phone. I don't want to come into the branch. You've got to have the new technology or I'm moving my account. And, okay, that's expensive enough. 
Now I've got to come back on top of that and layer in cybersecurity. And guess what? That's not a one-time cost, right? Because the crooks get smarter. So you've got technology costs, and now you've got what I think might be a nail in the coffin and really accelerate small bank M&A. If we do, in fact, stay lower for longer, and I'm completely wrong about the technical issues in the uh, reserve market, which is possible, um, we stay lower for longer. Net interest margins continue to be pressured. So now you've got another source of pressure on the bottom line. And at some point, these guys throw their arms up in the air and say, to hell with this, I'm selling the bank. This isn't fun. So you've got just this great consolidation trend. It's going to happen. It's going to keep happening. And then at the same time, the community banking system has done a fabulous job since the credit crisis of building equity. They've gotten to be much smarter at underwriting loans. And so far, the memories of the credit crisis are still fresh enough that none of them are doing anything stupid to gain 50 basis points. So if you buy these things at the right price, you're actually entering into a very low-risk situation because these are very well-capitalized banks. They don't have many bad loans. Um, they're doing a very smart job of underwriting. And the bank probably – they have to grow or sell. There is no in-between. So if they grow, well, that's going to make my stock price go higher. And if they sell, well, I'm going to get an immediate premium to my stock price. So it's kind of a win-win. A uh, question from our uh, chat here uh, with regards, if I can go back uh, for a moment, with regards to the, the repo market. Do you believe the Fed is losing control of rates? Uh, such that a spike in rates is possible? Or are, are you just saying a spike is, is surprising? I'm going to put a spike uh, – I'm going to call it a, something of a black swan. No, clearly they struggled to regain control that first night, but they did. And by, by pumping money in uh, for the past week, they've got it kind of damped down. We have not seen any spikes in the overnight market, but I wouldn't say it's impossible. Okay. Okay. And I'll even give you, you know, a, a free trade. What we did is we went out and we truly black swanned it, Caleb style. We went out and bought way out of the money TLT puts in 2021. So if I'm, you know, if it doesn't happen, bah, it was a couple hundred bucks. If it does happen, I make many thousands. <laughs> All right. Uh, Tim Melvin, as I mentioned, is a market find maven. He's the author of Banking on Profit and the Community Banking Newsletter. Uh, he'll be speaking later today at 9 a.m. at the OTCQX Community Bank Conference. That's at virtualinvestorconferences.com. I'll also throw a link in our chat. Uh, it's followed by some investor presentations by some community banks. Tim is our community bank guru. It's a great day to have you on between the Safe Banking Act and the repo market. Anything else we need to know about this sector? No, just that, you know, it, it sounds boring and day to day it is boring, but I will tell you that I have never sold a community bank for loss and I've been doing this 30 years. All right. Uh, Tim Melvin, uh, appreciate your time today. Have a good one and uh, I'll listen to you after our show, but have a good one, Tim, and uh, good luck out there. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right. Uh, 828 here. Uh, Joel, anything happening in this market while we were chatting with Tim or is it, is it been quiet up? Uh, Beyond Meats backed off a couple dollars when we started the show, 163.80, last print, 161.51. Pre-market high, I'd hazard to guess that that would be a great target if you're long. We'll give you that pre-market high. We did get a spike up to 167.50, <clears throat> so keep an eye on that. It's that good uh, six bucks away. 
I guess I could go over the S&Ps, dude. You know, we are there. There is a market there. Uh, strong day yesterday. Uh, little news about China on, China off deal. That rallied us uh, midday. Brentster, you got something for us? Oh, we got GDP. Oh, GDP. Yeah, we got GDP yep, in a yep, minute. GDP for, in a minute. <laughs> who even has time to remember about GDP yep. and macro stuff? Yep. Uh, but uh, we had a little little weakness. Uh, sold off to seventy eight fifty. That's your daily pivot. That well, daily pivot is just below that. I'm going to be looking at mid range now because mid range matches the close from yesterday at eighty six seventy five. So that's uh, if we go into retreat, that's the first area of support. Uh, going back on the upside, nothing here. Pre-market high, twenty-nine ninety-five. Nothing. Uh, we were uh, Tuesdays. Uh, Tuesdays. GDP in line. GDP in line. GDP in line. Two percent. Yep. Okay. Uh, no big deal there. Uh, crude. Now you talk about people looking at a number and anticipating a gap fill. Well, you need to go to fifty-five forty-four yesterday to fill the gap from the Aramco event. And you went to 55.55. So that's still good area of support. Gold in the red by 2.30. No one really cares. Silver in the red by 22.3 cents to 17.85. And Bitcoin, the futures are up 50 bucks, 84.55. Just, just not a lot of enthusiasm here um, in that market. Uh, so we talked about the Safe Banking Act from the point of view of the banks, but let, let's look at talk some, pot so, stocks. Yeah, so yeah. let's talk some pot stocks now. So they're all up as you'd expect. Uh, Afria, uh, I saw Kronos, Canopy, all higher on this headline. Pulling off the highs, though, some of them. So, I mean, you got a little bit of a squeeze if people are short these things this morning. Yes, it's good news, but these stocks are all in serious downtrends here, and I think they get met with more supply. What that means is I sell the rip. Yep, yep. I mean, uh, Tim, though, he thought this, this was a little bit of a positive. You know, it's a positive. I mean, it's priced it's, in. They're it's up all four or five percent. Yeah, okay. definitely a positive. But I, I just—it's the same thing, you know. Spinner and I keep saying, everybody, you know, and Spinner says in chat, I say it too. Stocks that are in downtrends, serious long-term downtrends, when they get the pops, are usually selling opportunities. Stocks that are in serious uptrends, when they get the drops, they're usually buying opportunities. I mean, if you learn anything uh, in this market, the way this market's been for the last five years. That has been really the pattern. So, I mean, it doesn't always apply. Trends do change. Stocks don't go up to it forever. I mean, Roku, you know, once the, you know, you're underlying, you know, you're breaking trend, that's a different story. But this trend, like on CGC, still very intact. You can just draw, take your Jeff Mackey purple crayon, draw a line, you know, connecting. And if we, you know, we knew how to do the charts better here, we'd be able to do that. But, you know, go from $50 where we were five months ago, or not even four or four and a half months ago back in April, Draw a line all the way down that. Hard to get interested as long as it's trading below that line. It means the bears are in charge and it means rallies are to be sold. Starts getting above that line that you draw, then it gets interesting again. I mean, that's just basic technical analysis. And also what you have to consider is this did not come out of thin air. We, this has been on the radar of the industry for, for a year or there more. There you go. Right? I, so maybe expected. Right. So I, I went to the, you know, our, our cannabis conference down in Miami in January they were talking about this. So you, you don't know how much this was already priced in because people have been awaiting this, this uh, decision for months. There's probably a lot of people sitting here hoping. You know, this is the hope. Okay, we've, we've got this decision. Now they're really going to start ripping. Well, they're having a good morning. But this doesn't even look like this is – this isn't a great morning. They're having an okay morning. I mean, they're getting their losses back from two days ago. 
you know, when you really put it in perspective, because these things have been hit so hard. I mean, Afria isn't even getting its losses back from two days ago. ACB isn't even getting its losses back from two days ago. So, you know, here it's huge news for the sector and the things are up two, 3%. Okay. Yeah, that's a good thing. But are they going to keep ripping and go up five, 10% on this? I don't think so. My opinion. A uh, quick question on MBEV, uh, the news yesterday. I mean, it had a nice pop yesterday, but it stalled it just in the area of a high that you had before. So I'm not looking for any major upside. 346 was your high on September 12th. Yesterday, you got the 339s. Let's just call it 350, major resistance here. Up a nickel on this news here. The, so. the news being that they got permission to expand in yes. Japan. Yeah, so uh, still until this thing gets over 350, uh, the trend is uh, down. There's another selling opportunity on a stock that's been in a serious downtrend for a while. I mean, there was a lot of hope. The thing went obviously from two bucks to nine bucks back in 2018 when pot was hot. Really, this whole entire year has just been in a downtrend and it's just continued to leak. It's almost given back its entire gain that it had from that big pop. I mean, it obviously came from $2. It's still $3, so still has a buck to go. But I think it eventually goes back to that $2. I think I was late. I think I said a year ago when we got up to nine, I said eventually one year from now, I'll be back to two. Well, it looks like I'm going to be wrong because it's only going to be back to three. Okay. So anyways, these pops on, you know, these ridiculous moves on some of these are selling opportunities. So yesterday, think about how many people are in this trade, hoping this is going to be the turnaround, hoping, you know, maybe we got some, you know, positive news is going to start turning around. And then yesterday, it can't even hold its gains for a day. I mean, it gets up to 339. Now it's trading at 315. Got down to under $3 there. You know, yesterday I'm looking from the gain, gains from the day before. I mean, these things just have so much overhead supply. That's the problem with stocks and downtrends. It's overhead supply. People who are caught, people who are hoping to get their money back because investors do not like to sell at a loss. So these stocks that are all in downtrends continue to remain in downtrends because every time they pop up a little bit, you got the person from yesterday saying, thank you for giving my money back. Pops up a little more, you got the person from last week saying, thank you for giving my money back. Has a really good pop, person from last month says, thank you for giving me my money back. That's a nice thing about when stocks are making new all-time highs. There's nobody saying, thank you for giving me my money back. Everybody's up in it. So there's no pain. There's no overhead supply. There's no pain. That's why it's so much easier for a stock to go up when, they're, when it's at an all-time high as opposed to a stock that's you know, at an all-time low or near the lows to go up. It's just the path of least resistance continues to follow trends. Well, how about a stock that did reverse yesterday, maybe? Shopify. I mean, talk Let's about take a look. Talk you know what? And you know what? A lot of these did yesterday. And Shopify, th this is the one I'd be interested in on pullbacks. Now, it was such a big run. Do you get you know, a headline, maybe a China or a Trump tweet or something that gives you a shot? But that does look like a reversal to me. Roku 2, the washout right below $100 two days ago, down to 98 I mean, these are still story stocks. The story can remain intact for a while here. So despite my long-term thesis on Roku not being positive, this has sold off 70 points in a matter of a week and a half. And full disclosure, well, actually, full disclosure, just overnight, I had a short on Roku, which isn't working out well. <laughs> so I'll be covering that, though. So I'm talking completely against my book here. But it's in a bounce mode right now. So, you know, it was really ridiculously overdone in the short term. And it's giving a little bit of life. Shopify, too. These two stocks, you know, obviously nothing to do with each other, but tend to trade together. That's how I did my Roku short originally, was Shopify started to break down. I thought Roku would follow suit, and it did. Shopify, pretty good day yesterday. Roku, uh, looking a little bit, has a little bit more life. Hey, Dennis, what about, did you look at the tobacco stocks yesterday? 
Uh, they called off the merger, and <laughs> I think uh, Philip Morris. Won. That was ridiculous. I saw it, and it went up like seventy-seven in the, in the pre-market, or almost seventy-eight dollars. Just an absolutely ridiculous rally. And um, not surprised that it's given half of it back here in one day. I think he eventually fills that gap. Don't yeah. like Philip Morris. Not even, not even with your money, Joel. Okay. All right. All right. Eight thirty-seven. S and P's are hanging in there. We're still up five and a quarter. Pre-market high ninety-five is looking like a good number uh, as we are starting to peel back from it. Uh, boy, oh boy, we're talking beyond me. Do we have to go to the dock here, Spencer? We there's a lot of ratings. Yeah. We had some earnings too. Don't forget about that. We had yeah. Go go KB Holmes because I traded this one last night. Okay. Uh, so KBH yesterday after the close Q3 EPS 73 cents versus 66 cents sales 1.16 versus 1.17 billion. So a slight sales miss to go with the EPS beat in the third quarter. Uh, net orders of 24 percent on the year-over-year basis and uh, backlog units up 14 percent. Can I can I guess what you did, Dennis? Without speaking to you at all, can I yeah, guess what you bought the dip? Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, I did. I hedged it with a couple other home builders, and the hedge is funky because you really got to go heavy on the other home builders. But I was like, this is a stock in a serious uptrend. This earnings report was not that bad. Um, I actually thought it was okay, and I thought it might turn around. So I bought at 30, I want to say 30.54. What was the low? I was dang close to it. Really uh, close to the low of the move last night. Thirty thirty. No, no, yeah. no. I got, I got. It hung out there. Like it looks like a, but it, it spiked down there a couple of times. It gave you a couple chances in the lower thirty fifties, and I decided, and I had some hedges. I shorted some line against it, and a couple other. Um, and just, and obviously, you have to be a lot bigger. So it, it's, it was a funky hedge. But anyways, I've still got it on. I'm going to work out of it at the open, meaning I'm going to cover my len and sell my KB homes here at the open. Um, but I mean, this is just classic. Uh, looking at a stock that's in a nice uptrend stock there's a lot of things working for it and i thought the sell-off was ridiculous and what was your process on that did, did you have it that did you have a plan beforehand that you wanted to buy the dip on it yeah i did i thought about because there's not a lot of earnings right now so you can really focus on them and think about them so i'm like this is one that i would buy the dip on this actually started dipping before the report which is funny it actually i, I was like it, it dipped down like over a dollar and I was like, did they report? And I was like, it's not on the newswire. And then about a minute later, it reported. So I don't know if somebody got an early like, report on this or not. I'm not sure exactly what happened. What just happened here in the market? Uh, Dennis, you're starting to be like me here. Uh, we've, we've sold off like three points. We're seven points off the high. Brentster, we got anything here? We're... Okay, so, so they released it. So that's not news. They, they, they released the whistleblower complaint. They said they were going to yesterday. Uh, and that's now public information. So maybe they're reading it. I, no, Are no. you talking about the impeachment? Yeah. Okay. So it's, it's, it's public information now. It's out there. I'm sure people are reading it. Don't know what it says. Obviously, you haven't read it yet, but uh, that's out there now. I'll tell you right now, when the news came out yesterday, and, and Spencer, I just, Dennis, you weren't on the show yesterday. Spencer made a great call. I don't know if it made it in the PMP recap article, but uh, yeah, you did. What was my Your call? call of the year. You said that this impeachment thing was just another buy the dip opportunity. Oh, I did say that. You did. You yeah. did. That's what he did. I'm I mean, this has been the theme here. It's just so, been so many. It's hard to just come in this market with your bear hat on because it seems like the buy the dippers just do not go away. I mean, this has been the theme for years. I mean, yes, we haven't really gone nowhere in the last year and a half. It's been kind of, you know, a chop up market a bit. But 
overall, still, the buy the dippers lurk, especially in stocks that are in uptrends. And that's why I did the KB Homes last night. That was really the only reason was because stocks in a nice uptrend. The environment, I don't think, can be better for home builders. I mean, we've got interest rates. They're talking about negative rates. We're crying out loud. How can it get better for home builders? So I just figured there's going to be other people that are interested in getting in the stock. And it worked out. You know, and obviously, it's working. I'm still, I've sold half. It's still, I'm still in the other half of the trade. Uh, but you know, it's a nice pop. I, I mean, I bought a 3054 last night. I think it's 3298. So you're talking about a seven, eight percent move off the lows. It's a nice Would little trade overnight. The open, because you know what these home builders like to do. Yeah, I'll probably sell it at the open. I mean, if it gets up, it's getting to a point where now it's starting to get up on it, and it's you know now it's getting to a point where it's probably you know time to maybe light. Any size of 33? Can you see that? In KBH, I just sold it. I'm out. I'm oh, out of I didn't want you to. I didn't you wanted me out. I'm out. I mean, it's got out here. <laughs> well, the market's leaking too, so we'll get out. Maybe that's a bad call, but I mean, it was a good trade. I mean, I made two dollars, two dollars and fifty cents almost on that. I said, I said, any size at thirty-three. He didn't even look. He just goes both. Yeah, I know. I'm like, it might be size at thirty-three. It's a good point, Joel. <laughs> I don't usually trade live on the show there, but I'm out of it. So I bought that last night, and it was a nice trade for me, and, and I'm out. So it's so even though 30, you're 3290 is an iceberg. You're gonna hit that. It looks like I just hit it and not moving. So <laughs> looks like uh <laughs> all right, anyway, other so. earnings reports. Uh what about CCL? Are they, are they no, out I yet? don't think it's out yet. Uh we we've got Pier One, we got it's down Red though, Eight. big time. It's yeah. not out yet. I haven't I, I looked for the release and I didn't I'm going to look too. Otherwise, these people are just nervous ahead of the report. Are these nervous Nellies or are these people who actually have the headline? Carnival, remember, has, has, the, has the two symbols. I don't see it either. Yeah. Is this is just nervous Nellies ahead of the report? What's the other symbol in Carnival? Uh, uh, so, uh, no, it's CCL. Oh, you know, it, it's a different. And there's, a, there's also CUK, but that, that, that's different. Um, CUK. Carnival ADR. Does that trade with it? The, I believe. Am I something that's, here today? You're right, Spencer. Yeah, Look at the charts. Look at you. I mean, yeah. I didn't know that. One is a, one is a sponsored ADR and one is like the common. Not not the greatest symbol. I want to I want to take that. Symbol. Wow. You just taught me. I didn't even realize that. Look at this. I get all these ideas from you. Now I have a new arb to play. There that's been go. out there for a long time too. You know what? I knew CUK. I never really. That's funny. I don't trade Carnival a lot. Um, but so you, yeah, you're right. Spencer Israel, giving us ideas on free market prep. Glad, glad I could HFTs learn. dominate that stuff, though. The ones that are like interlisted. I used to make my, a lot of money trading those things. And I mean, they're all over them now. It's hard. The, the ones with dual listings, like Goog versus Google, you can't make money on that. Those things have just, are the herbs are all over it. Even pre-market after hours, they're all over it. So just like, you know, D-I-S-C-A, D-I-S-C-K, or V well, V-I-A, V-I-B is different because the ones got so much voting rights, they haven't really never traded that well together. But I mean, these things, this is something I did 10, 15 years ago. I don't really trade the dual listed stocks against each other anymore because there's no opportunity. HFTs have taken it all away. Wait, Dennis, I have an R play. I told you all this yesterday before the show. My R play is Google and Golden Ocean Group, right? It's G-O-G-L and G-O-O-G-L, just because I think people type it in wrong. Is that a thing? What, what is that? G-O-G-L. G-O-G-L. And G-O-O-G-L. Google? <laughs> yeah, Google and Google. Just trying to just trying to grab the wrong. Uh, no, I don't think it's a thing, but it's interesting. <laughs> Joel Joel might do that. <laughs> Type in the wrong BBY and BBBY. Joel trades that all the time. The wrong stock. <laughs> Too many Bs. 
yeah, you just get that that duck on there. Um, they had some guidance yesterday. I'm not sure how the style. It was tri- it was kind of muted. It was good guidance. I know it was. Uh, it was. Ooh, look at this wall in BBY. Did it hit it yesterday? Look at this. If you guys want a number here to lean on, this just cost. There must be a trillion to sell at seventy, Dennis. You probably can't see that far, but man, it's tried to rally. What stock you looking at now? BBY. Look at the seventy. I don't have my book open. Okay, forget it. JV Spec might have it. It's three bucks away. I'm just thinking someone, wow, what a trading range here. This is one to keep an eye on, folks. Uh, you've been in a trading range basically between 66.50 and 70 here for a little over two weeks. So major consolidations, consolidation periods can be good as, you know, big breakouts or breakdowns. Let's just see which way BBY wants to go. I mean, it's weekly, it's daily support, it's week monthly support. So, uh, Keep an eye on that. Uh, big support here. Nice trading range in BBY. Uh, let's go to Rite Aid next. They were this morning. Uh, they beat on their Q2 EPS, miss, missed on their uh, sales by a little bit. The EPS beat 12 cents for 7 cents. The sales missed uh, 5.36 for $5.41 billion. They also narrowed their full year adjusted EPS guidance, uh, and the sales guidance was reaffirmed. Which stock? Rite Aid. Mm. Uh, I don't have anything to say about Rite Aid. I know they did the reverse split and it's got a little bit of life all of a sudden, but this stock yeah. is a dog, a dog, a dog. Yeah, it's getting a little bit of a pop here, up 74 cents. I mean, you had that big red bar the other day and the high of that big red bar was 9.16. So you've got a long ways to go even to get to resistance. You are opening into a little bit, I'd say a hold 8.37. Maybe you got a shot to get over nine. If you don't hold 837, look for a fade here. And uh, Dennis, have you looked at Pier 1 Imports lately? And they reverse split that thing yeah. too? Yep. Yeah, look what it did. They jammed Holy it ridiculousness. Stupid. I know. I know. I just thought I'd. Uh... Anyways, wow. Is that, wait, that chart isn't adjusted though for the split. My yeah, chart. Yeah. Mine is. Is it 12? Yeah, trade station auto adjusts. Okay, so show me a long term because my chart is still showing like it's had like a thousand percent move. That's not the case. Uh, It did have a good move off the low, though. You're right. Okay, so it did have a. Yeah. Yeah, you look long term with the reverse splits thing. And I mean, yeah, these things reverse split. Sometimes they get some short squeezes and some life, but overall, these things are just more opportunities when these things rally. It's just to sell. And that's been the case here, too. And now it's down 18% here this morning. I don't think the wicker chair company is turning it around. We don't. We get a question here about Peloton. I mean, we don't. The offering's coming out. When When is it coming listed? Today? I think today is a day. Yeah. P. Uh, what, 27 bucks? Yeah. P-T-O-N, $29. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, 29 is the IPO price. That's the top of their target range. So I think today is the day. They priced it last. They, they usually price it the night before. So they priced it last night. Today is it's going to open. Bicycle uh, company. 40 million shares. Well, sort of. 40 million shares at $29 a share. Stationary it's, bicycle company. With music. It's, it's a little they bit. They added music it, to it. and they got A little, little bit more than that. It's a little Wherever more. Wherever this opens, not for me, I'll tell you that. This, <laughs> the, and sure, I mean, Beyond Meat rallied. And these things can do some crazy stuff off the opens, but this isn't going to be one that I'm going to be jumping in. I mean, I haven't analyzed it from a fundamental basis, but this doesn't sound to me like this, you know, it sounds to me like a GoPro. 
like well, a, like a one trick pony type of IPO with you know they got some cool product. Well, they have really subscription well. revenue. They have subscription revenue. You pay. Yeah, but it's like three grand for a bike, isn't it? Or four grand? Yeah, so, uh, it's there? it's like two to three thousand. Yeah, but uh, why are their bikes so much better? Because it, it it's it's a bike with an exercise class, right? Because it has a TV and they have content, right? Classes and stuff. So if you are someone who does you know, fitness classes and you don't actually want to go to the class, like a spin class or whatever. I saw the guys on squawk on the street on, on a spin class this morning. Uh, you can don't, you don't have to go. You can do it from your house on this bike. I'm long-term bearish PTON wherever it opens today. One year from now, it's going to be down 50% from there. We gotta all, right, all right. Bottom line is either you. We got to uh, start writing these down. These the long, one year long thing. Calls. Yeah. Yeah. We got to, right. we got to start. You, you either believe in the business. I model. don't believe. Well, listen to me. You either believe in the business model of paying for the bike and then subscription revenue thereafter, or you think it's just another fitness fad. It's really one or the other. You, that, that, that's, that's the bull case and the bear case. I'm a non-believer. Okay. Call Fine. me a non-believer, not buying Peloton. Not for me. All right. All right. Next. Fair enough. Well, what about Endeavor? They're also IPOing. Uh, but What's the symbol going to be on that? ENDV. You know, EDR. And it's going to be and, – and they've got some messed up financials. They're in a – they got a lot of debt. Uh, and What's this not, company all about? They're, uh, Endeavor Group, they, they own like IMG, like the sports like agency, right, and the, the agent, talent agency, right? Uh, so they, own, they represent all these celebrities. And, well, that's more interesting. Uh, but they got so much debt, though. So uh, uh, EDR, I don't know when the IPO – the IPO date there is, but it's not a startup and they've got a lot of debt. That's why they're IPOing. So we'll see what happens there. EDR and uh, PTON. That's our IPO talk for the day. Uh, we do have some analyst ratings. They are, they are active the past few days. Some good uh, ones. A couple weeks, some good ones here. Let's see. Uh, Dennis, do you have any favorites this morning? Cause there are a lot. Square. Come yeah. along. That was a uh, upgrade at um, Wells Fargo, right? Or initiation okay. at a buy. Yeah, it was initiated at Wells Fargo. Uh, I'm, no, it wasn't. It was oh, upgrade. upgrade. It was upgrade. upgrade at Wells Fargo to outperform, and they gave an $80 price target. I mean, I'm in this. Was the washout low there yesterday? Maybe. Um, I'm still kind of right where I bought it. I'm in here from like the 60, 61 area. I've been down in it multiple times. I was up in it for a little bit, and then I've been down in it obviously the last week and a half. It's in my long term retirement account. I'm holding on to because I still believe in the story. Yeah, it's faded off these moves a few times. I think just from a like psychological standpoint, let's close over $60. You haven't closed over $60 since September 10th at 60.55. You really haven't spent much time in the 60 handle. Uh, a couple highs at 60, uh, three highs in a row there. To me, it's just like a stock that's in a trend like this. It's, you know, it's pulled off its highs. It's trying. It's been getting a lot of street love lately, hasn't it? Like yeah, they've been doing yes. everything they can. A lot. You know, and that is a concern. It's a good point you're making. Lots of upgrades here, but it still can't seem to get going. So, you know, if that's a story, it's probably another selling opportunity. I mean, here is a stock that is in a clear downtrend right now. So as a trade, talking against my long-term book here, that's probably more of a selling opportunity because there's lots of overhead supply here. I just think the valuation isn't ridiculous. I believe in Dorsey and I believe in the long-term story. So that's why it's my retirement account. I don't think I would want it on for a trade here. I don't think I'd be buying it for a trade right now. Just because of what you just said, Joel, we've had three, four positive analyst commentaries here and it still can't seem to get life. So I don't, not sure that long-term selling is all done here yet. Uh, just, I like the long-term story. Just in September, we've had one, two, three, four upgrades 
and another yeah. another three analysts have come out and uh, maintain their buy ratings. So they're trying to defend it. We'll see if it, it works. Anyway, so th- th- those are my thoughts. So what what other what other ratings you got? Uh, we have Abvi catching an upgrade this morning from Citigroup to buy ABBV. Yeah. I have that in my long-term portfolio too. Like I said, I got lots in the retirement account. I got almost 100 stocks. So a lot of times we overlap with my long-term portfolio. No trade on it though. It's come back. I mean, this is a stock. Got that, yeah. You, you think it's, it's 75 areas starting to look resistive here. So you're getting upgrades and you know, and obviously I've talked about drug pricing here in the next year, I think as we get into, you know, political season, the coming election next year, I think drug pricing is going to be a hot topic and that's not the best news. So I just think drugs might underperform in this next year. So I'm not, I'm not really adding in any drugs to my long-term portfolio, what not right now. Um, what's the, uh, there was a big oil merger and they absolutely killed uh, the, the acquirer. They bought, um, this is going back two or three, I should remember this. It was a big oil deal. Buffett oh, Oxy, Oxy. Oh, yeah, is, it, is that recovered yet? No. I mean, oil's went in the gutter too, but Oxy they murdered. I mean, Oxy was, when, when, this, when this merger was announced, Oxy I think was $70. Now it's 45 So uh, obviously they weren't a fan of it. The, the deal did go through. We're talking about Occidental Petroleum and, um, and, and Darko. Oh, yeah. and, APC, and APC is off the board now. So it's done. The merger's done. Chevron was fighting for it. I think Chevron was the one that benefited by not getting it because Chevron still held up. Oxy's just been killed. Yeah, but they I don't could... like companies paying premiums, not in this market. Nope, not at all. 8.55. Uh, SP's a little dip there. Uh, I think it was on old news. I think that was out before. So we're back above uh, 29.90, up four points to 29.90 and a quarter. Whirlpool upgraded JP Morgan this morning to overweight. They're raising their price target from 155 to 172 on WHR. Not getting life. This actually had some love from Jim Cramer last night too. Uh, he was pumping it. Um, so he, he got ahead of this analyst report, which is good for him. Um, and obviously the stock trading up $4 here on that. So it was going to be up. It was up last night just with Cramer. Mad Money really gave it a pump. And now you get that coupled with an upgrade. So it's not surprising Whirlpool. And I mean, look at Whirlpool. This has really, you know, come back a long ways too since it's October of last year lows when the stock went from 200 to basically 100. Um, it's come back a long ways. So it's been a good performer. Where is that company based? Oh, uh, got to be Michigan. It is, oh gosh, I know this. It's somewhere out on the west side of the state. It's um, not Grand Rapids. Is it Grand Rapids? Nope, farther west. Lake Michigan? <laughs> yeah, it's not in the <laughs> How do you get further west than Lake Michigan? <laughs> it's, it's on Lake Michigan. I don't know. Benton Harbor. Benton Harbor. Oh, okay. I was close. All right. Uh, uh, this one's getting a nice pop. This is a thin one, isn't it, Dennis? Up 444. At 154.80, getting the double love. Uh, pre-market high, 155.49, so that's 70 cents away. So I just use that as a target. You had been clearing out some resistance at 153. So I think it stays in rally mode as long as it stays above 153. If you're going to the monthlies and you're a longer-term trader, then you're going to hold out for 156.51. That's not too far away. That was your July 2018 high, and that was backed by 156.75. So, whoo, 
157, another target today for Whirlpool, if it can hold on to these early gains. Uh, so what about some downgrades? My favorite this morning is Morgan Stanley downgrading Neo to, <laughs> to equal weight. Thanks. Thanks, Morgan Stanley. Downgrading Neo to equal weight price target, $2.40. Uh, they had it at overweight. I wonder what gave it away. I wonder Story what over. <laughs> Stock broken. Company broken. Thanks for this. I, I, I think no, one year from now, it's under a buck. I don't know who this analyst is, but thanks a lot. They had an upgrade all this time. Uh, maybe what gave it away was was the canceled earnings call. Maybe that gave oh, it away. Oh, the whole canceled earnings. I'm not sure. Call. I'm not sure what gave it away here, but uh, that that's that's fun. Uh, what else do we have as far as downgrades? Dennis, were you on the show when we no. talked about this one? No, he missed. No. This 60 minutes top. This was no. on. Yeah, this was on 60 minutes in January. So I, I know Dennis is taking a couple of days off. Do you know that they, they had their earnings and they canceled the call? No, I didn't know that either. Oh, the, it, the numbers were so bad they canceled their earnings call. This was on Tuesday. Well, they had to get rid of their phone. They can't afford a phone. Right, they sold. <laughs> All right, the story's broken. Bottom line. Next, uh, a couple of downgrades for, from HD Supply. That's predictable. Yeah, They're splitting the company yeah, up. Not too much else in the way of downgrades this morning. A couple other upgrades that caught my eye: the Trade Desk up at Nomura to neutral mm, boston beer company up at bmo capital to outperform and that's uh, going to be up uh it's a bit up eight bucks right now so sam's going to get some life here this morning that's a thin one real uh, thin real thin before we got a minute here to go i just want to go a little bit macro here with you dennis so we have we have the end of the quarter on monday right it's also a jewish holiday which is normally a slower day and really, the market's gone nowhere for like two or three weeks here. So how do you think? You think that, you know, going in, you think there's going to be any window dressing? You think things are just going to stay tight here? I mean, we do see some good moves at the end of the quarter. Um, just It's weird. It, the ho Jewish holidays are late this year. It's after the expiration. I don't know. Just kind of weird. Any, any, uh, so the end of the quarter is Monday? Yeah. Yeah. End of the quarter is Monday. I mean, typically they're strong. Okay. Usual, at least lately, they I felt feel like they've been strong. Um, you got a lot of this market's very hard to call day to day. It's headline driven. Right. We obviously have a lot of wild cards. You know, now impeachment talk. Obviously, you know, still Trump's still talking potential China deal, which could be talked for the next year. I mean, there's so many wild cards floating around out here. Interest rates, the macro environment. I mean, it's difficult to call where this market's going to be. 10 minutes from now as opposed to 10 days from now or 10 years from now it's hard so i think it's still a little bit of a fade trade longer term or short term meaning when you get rips in the stocks it seem to be opportunities to sell when you get dips in stocks it do seem to be opportunities to buy so the contrarian has made a lot of money in the last year and a half because we've really just been chopped up and gone nowhere and i think that continues so um, that's at least how i'm going to be playing it is just in how I continue to play it is, you know, you get the moves and this is not a lot of follow through and a lot of moves. So like I said, buying dips on stocks and uptrends, selling rips on stocks and uptrends seem to be the play as opposed to buying the rip and the stock just continues to go higher. So I still think the fade trade is out there. Uh, all right, Dennis, you did great, man. You did great. Live. The shoulder is, <laughs> it's better than it was yesterday. So we'll keep working on it. We'll get rid of this pinched nerve here and then I'll be back to normal. So it right. makes, makes it a little hard to click. All right. Uh, if you I'm get, clicking. 
missed any part of today's show or you want to hear us again, catch our podcast or rewatch our show on youtube.com slash TV. Thanks to our guest today, Tim Melvin. Thanks to all of you in our chats, both on YouTube and premarket.benzinga.com. Please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes only and not for investing or trading advice. Any questions, comments, concerns, suggestions, whatever, email us, premarket at benzinga.com. Everyone have a great rest of your day. We'll be back with you on Friday. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.